our Lord Jesus Christ. It's good to be in the house of the Lord, the Lord God of heaven this morning. If you would open your Bibles to Exodus chapter 33, let's make a little transition from last evening to this morning. If you read the chapters last evening, then you are aware and familiar with them to a point. And let's draw a few things from them. Exodus chapters 33 and 34 describe Moses in the presence of God and the importance of it to Moses, to Joshua, to the people of Israel, and what his presence reveals to those who are close to him, what the secrets of God include. In Exodus 33, and I'm not going to preach from Exodus 33, but I want to review what's in the chapter. The first thing we find as we read Exodus 33 is that God threatened Israel that he was not going to leave his presence with them. And it tells us in verse 4 that when the people heard these evil tidings, it is an evil tiding from heaven when God is going to leave you. You are not sufficient in yourself to be productive, nor to have prosperity, nor pleasantness in this world without God, if you're a child of God. And the pleasures of sin are only for a season without the God of heaven. But every time you sin, every time you play with the world and flirt with his enemy and go to bed with his enemy, by loving the things of this world, you drive him away and it is evil tidings upon you. God is no longer with you. And so your life becomes dry and boring and frustrating. But the first thing we notice is that God said, I'm going to give you the land I promised your fathers. I'm going to send an angel to drive out all your enemies. Go and take it. But I'm not going with you. That was evil tidings. Some would say it sounds pretty good. I'm having the good life. I've got my house, my property, my vineyard, my well, my family. But without the Lord, it's nothing. The second thing we want to observe in this chapter is in verse 7. That some sought the Lord. When Moses knew that God was displeased with the nation and was about to consume them, if you, I hope you read the chapter last evening. The Lord God said to Israel and said to Moses, separate yourself from them because I'm about to consume them in a moment and let them take their accessories off, let them take their jewelry off, their ornaments, their adornments, and be serious about this matter. And we shall encounter this particular point again from James chapter 4 later today. But when the Lord said that, Moses took the tabernacle in verse 7 and took it outside the camp so it wouldn't be burned up with the rest of this church. And look what it says in the second half of the long verse. And it came to pass that everyone which sought the Lord went out unto the tabernacle of the congregation, which was without the camp. It didn't matter that the walk was a little further. It didn't matter that it was a little more inconvenient. They were going to be where God was going to be because they were going to seek the Lord. And they were not going to let him get away. Then we find about Moses and God in verses 9 through 11. And let me just summarize with the first clause of verse 11. The Lord spake unto Moses face to face, as a man speaketh unto his friend. When we read the Bible, we find in the books of Moses that God describes a certain kind of friend that's very rare in the world, that a man loves as his own soul. When we come to 1 Samuel 18, verse 5, we find that David and Jonathan had that kind of a relationship 
where they loved each other as their own soul. God and Moses had that kind of a relationship. They loved each other as their own soul. They spoke as a friend to friend, face to face, here in the tabernacle. That was the relationship Moses had with God. This chapter, if you read it, tells us that God knew the name of Moses. The name Moses got God's attention in heaven. But I want you also to know that Moses was the first man in the history of this world. 2,000 years had expired that knew the name of God. Those are two friends that tell each other their name. Moses was the first one to know that God's name was Jehovah. I am that I am. Exodus 6.3 And Moses was a man that God knew his name. They were friends. When Moses left the tabernacle that was outside the congregation, where anyone went that wanted to seek the Lord and not lose his presence, when Moses left, his young understudy Joshua wouldn't leave. And I hope you all enjoyed that 11th verse. And Brother Zach, your private comments and your public prayer have encouraged my heart this morning. He turned again into the camp, and his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. Joshua was not going to leave where God was. With that kind of a threat hanging over the nation, the young man was going to stay right where God's presence was. He had just witnessed God speaking face to face with Moses. He wanted that kind of a relationship. And as the Apostle Paul would tell us, be ye followers of me as I am a follower of Christ, we should set Paul's relationship with Jesus Christ as the bar that we want to reach and nothing less. He tells us that. And he tells us in Philippians 3.17, and I am getting ahead of myself now a little bit, he tells us in Philippians 3.17 that we should mark them which walk like the Apostle Paul so that we have them as an example so that we can have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and God like Paul did, like Moses did, as Joshua chose here in this 11th verse. In verses 12 through 13, Moses said, You've told me to bring up this people... You've told me that you know me by my name. You've told me that I have found grace in your sight. Now, if I have found grace in your sight, and I am at all meaningful to you, verse 13, show me now thy way, that I may know thee. Now, wait a minute. God had already revealed himself to Moses. God had had a long relationship with Moses already. And yet Moses is saying, show me thy way. Show me that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight. I have grace in your sight. You've told me I have grace in your sight, but I want more grace in your sight. I want you to show me your way that I might know you better. And he didn't forget the people of God. And remember that this whole nation is your people. Give them some of that blessing as well. Verses 14 and 15. The Lord responds by saying, My presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. Moses said in verse 15, If you don't go with me, I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want the land of Canaan. I don't want a new house. I don't want walled cities. I don't want dug wells, and I don't want planted and prosperous vineyards. If you won't go with me, I don't want anything. This is the way that a man speaks to the Lord. A man after God's own heart, a man that walks with God, a man that knows God, a man that is accepted with God, this is the way he speaks with the Lord. We have two simple themes this day, to know God and to reflect God. 
There will be no distraction. It will be two themes this day. First half, knowing God. Second half, reflecting God. There is no complexity about this issue. It is us humbling ourselves and rearranging our priorities and being very God-conscious and wanting God as our friend. He will be the friend of that man who wants him. This is the way a man speaks to the Lord. In verse 16, Moses tells the Lord, Listen, I've got to have you with me. I've got to have you with our nation. This is the way that we want to be identified. We do not want to be identified as a nation that destroys all of its enemies. We do not want to be identified as the nation with the highest per capita income. We do not want to be identified by any other means than your presence is with us. Notice what he says, verse 16. For wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not in that thou goest with us? That is the real identifying mark of a child of God that is walking with God. He has God with him. So shall we be separated, I and thy people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. Not by clothing they wear, not by external religious ceremonies, but by the presence of God with them. In verse 18, Moses is not content. He said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. Now, God had already spoken to Moses face to face as a friend speaketh to his friend. But Moses is not content. And neither was Elisha, was he? Elisha didn't want to be like Elijah. Elisha wanted to be twice as good as Elijah. Elisha, not for his praise, but for the close relationship with God, give me twice the spirit of Elijah. Let me have your presence with me and your power with me twice. And he obtained his request. In this 18th verse, show me thy glory. In chapter 34, verses 5 through 7, God showed him his glory. And God's glory surprises most men. They're looking for bright light. They're looking for emanating power. But instead they read about character. Because it is the character of God that is his greatest glory. 5 through 7. This is the glory of God. The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, and that will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children, unto the third and to the fourth generation. And Moses made haste and bowed his head toward the earth and worshipped in light of this kind of glory. This is the character of God. Have you ever felt yourself guilty of iniquity, transgression, and sin? All three words are included in this description because God forgives all three. This is his character. This is his glory. This makes him a wonderful friend. May the Lord bless us to know him today. Brethren, we have it all. We live on this side of the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Lord Jesus Christ reveals God in a fuller way than Moses ever saw him. And we have the gospel that reveals the character of God in a fuller way than Moses ever knew him. 
Do you know the church that Moses had to go to every Sunday was based on Mount Sinai? The church we get to go to today is based on Mount Zion. And the blood of sprinkling that speaketh a whole lot better things than even that of Abel. We are blessed abundantly. Where do you find yourself in Exodus 33 and 34? As we back through these verses, do you find yourself bowing with your face to the Lord to worship God? As Moses there in 34 and verse 8, do you find yourself asking God to show you His glory? Do you find yourself saying, I won't go anywhere without you? Do you find yourself saying that no matter how you would bless me with prosperity, it will not please me without your presence? If you want to separate me from other men, separate me one way, that you go through life with me. Are you like Joshua not wanting to leave the tabernacle? Are you like Moses and the others that sought him outside the camp? May the Lord bless us this day to be exactly like them. Amen. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, the blessed God, the only God, creator of heaven and earth, the infinite Jehovah, I am that I am, our Father. We thank Thee, Lord of heaven and earth, that Thou who fillest heaven and earth would walk with men. We thank Thee that You would save us by Your eternal predestinating grace in the Lord Jesus Christ, your only begotten Son, that we might receive the adoption of sons and that you might put within us your Spirit whereby we may cry unashamedly and boldly because of the love of God that is shed abroad in our hearts, Abba, Father. Blessed God, we thank Thee for adopting us. We thank Thee for saving us. We thank Thee for our eternal inheritance, which excels the land of Canaan, as light excels darkness. And yet, O Lord, it is Your presence there and here that is the glory of that place and this place. Without Thee, heaven is stark and bare, though it may contain the riches of the universe and our eternal inheritance. But our eternal inheritance, O Lord, is Thee, Thyself. And we do not wish to wait until death takes us unto Thee. But we say with Stephen in a different way, Lord Jesus, receive our spirits this day and come in and sup with us and we with Thee. We thank Thee that when You walk with men in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, their hearts burn within them. And we pray that this day, by the power of the Holy Ghost, Your own Spirit and the Spirit of Your Son, You will cause our hearts to burn with the simple thought that the Almighty God of Heaven can and will be our friend. Our Father, help us to meekly, humbly, submissively, resisting the devil and repenting of our sins, draw nigh unto thee and know that you will draw nigh unto us. We are overwhelmed with the thought that God would dwell among men. We say with Solomon, 
the earth and the heaven of heavens is not large enough to contain him. How would he dwell in Solomon's house that David and Solomon built for him? And Father in heaven, we say, on the ground and the foundation of New Testament revelation, that this, our little feeble assembly this day, is your house and your habitation through the Spirit. We thank thee for being in thy house. We thank thee for having thy presence so near. And we pray that as the Lord Jesus Christ walks around this candlestick, that he will rejoice and be praised and honored and glorified forever and ever by our love and service to him this day. Bless us by your Spirit to honor him who loved us and gave himself for us. We thank thee that we might know thee. We thank thee, yea rather, that thou hast known us and hast accepted us in the Beloved. And yet, O Lord, save us from that fatalism which kills so many churches that hold the truth of your eternal and predestinating grace that we might realize that our duty is not simply to rest in your knowledge of us, but to rest in your knowledge of us and to seek thy face with all our might. Heavenly Father, bless us to this end. We thank thee for every good thing that you have provided us. We thank thee for our nation, and we pray for its rulers, that you would preserve this nation for the sake of your people. We pray for your kingdom, that you will extend it, defend it, and help it throughout the earth. We pray for your people, that you will feed them this day in many other places besides ours. We pray that you would forgive us all our sins and the sinfulness that resides in our members, that we might worship Thee acceptably. We are blessed and privileged. We are bound to give thanks always for You loving us from the beginning, sanctifying us by Your Spirit, and revealing the truth to us. We bless and praise Your holy name. Now lift us up in the Spirit, and let us worship and exalt Thee, and learn this simple goal, that we want to walk with Thee. O Lord, hear us. Look upon the integrity of our hearts. Forgive us the distracting thoughts that plague us. Remember our frame that it is weak. We desire to walk with thee and to know thee. Show us your glory. Give us your presence. We lift our souls up unto thee alone. In Jesus' name, by whom all this is possible, for whom are all things, and to whom shall be all praise and glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen.